tell stories so grand of this vast, timeless land, and they call it Sunday with Macca. Hello, Macca. This is Rob calling from Mongolia. How are you going? Oh, Rob. It's about a year ago, I remember that voice. We were talking about cricket, weren't we? We are. I'm uh, over here doing a volunteer stint again as uh, helping Cricket Mongolia. And the last time we talked to you, having trouble with the bats freezing up during the winter and breaking, then again when you started to use them again. Yes, we, we're still having problems with the bats, even though we've taken the bats out of the out of the container and taken them into storage during winter. But we're using bats from the 1970s, so of course they're going to break, of course they're not going to be as good as the ones that they produce today. So we're, we're actually looking for bat sponsors, if anybody out there is listening. You said that uh, Mongolia will be in the World Cup by 2050, is that right? That's the plan, yeah. And how's that plan going, do you reckon, Robbie? Well, we're hoping to take the um, junior players that we have currently across to the Asia Games, because they play cricket in the Asia Games, so that's 2022. Does the whole the whole community embrace cricket or is it just some of the blokes or the girls play there? What's going on? The girls are technically the best players of cricket in Mongolia. Wow. They, um, they have beautiful batting stance. They bowl really, really well. Um, they're just not as physically um, strong as the boys, so they can't hit the ball as hard and they can't bowl the ball as fast, but they're actually better cricketers. Thanks very much for your time, Macca. See you, see you Australia. The city, the scrub, and the farmer in the pub. They love it all over Australia. There's a radio show that Australians all know. If you're rich or you ain't got a cracker. They tell stories so grand of this vast timeless land and they call it Sunday with Macca. They all call it Sunday with Macca. Yeah, they all call it Sunday with Macca. Get on with it, Macca. What a lovely story that was. Good morning and welcome. I'm in the eyes of Mount Isa. The radio's on at the moment, but there's lots of things happening. Geez, cold. Oh, cold. Icy polar blasts and a carpet of snow across some parts of Australia. Icy winds, polar blasts. Good morning. That was a lovely story, Rob from Mongolia. I've been on the road. I haven't been able to do much about it, but when I get back, I'm going to buy a couple of bats myself and send them over. I'll go to Harry, Harry Solomon. I've got a couple of old bats, but they're probably... Well, they're not from the 70s. They're probably from the 90s. But they might be all right too. I think it's a lovely story. The women have got technically the best players over there. I think it's a lovely story. They're playing for the love of sport, and isn't that nice? 1300 700 222, that's our number. I've met all sorts of wonderful people, and I've met the polite Americans. Come and meet a couple that I met uh, just yesterday. Just getting it done. I'm in Mount Isa. I'm talking to Cody McCluskey. Yes, sir. How are you, Cody? Doing good today. And your name is? Justin Parrish. How are you, Justin? I'm good. You, sir? Yeah, I'm good. Now, you're here for the rodeo? Yes, sir. Here to team rope. Huh? For what? For the team roping. What's that noise? I think there's a cow around here. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> for the team rope, tell me about that. Uh, they turn a cow loose and one person ropes the head and the other person ropes the feet. Have you been here before? First time. Uh-huh. First time in Australia, first time out of America. And, uh, do you do this uh, professionally in America? Oh, full time, yes, mm. sir. And how did that start? Cody, tell me. Just kind of grew up on a ranch, and it was just kind of the way of life, I guess. I always rode horses and rode cows to doctor them and just kind of evolved from there. When I was a young reporter, I, I remember speaking to a bloke called Larry Meehan who came out here from America. He was a... Top rider, Justin. Is that right? Do you know him? Or did you know of him? I met Larry Mahan when I was probably five, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cheyenne Frontier Days the first time. So, yeah, we all know of him. 
He's yeah. famous in the States for sure. Yeah. He's a legend. Yeah. Uh, like um, Joe, uh, the quarterback, what's his name? Joe Montana, yeah. yeah that's right, exactly. <laughs> Everybody knows who Joe Montana is. Well, not in Australia, they don't, but yeah, anyway. And, and what's that like? You go on the road in America. Where do you go from Texas? You're from Texas. Yes, sir, from Texas. And I've been all over. We've been to uh, Wyoming, Utah, New Mexico, everywhere the last few months, rodeo, and same thing we're doing here. One steer at a time. Is it a living? Some people call it that. I call it more of a lifestyle. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it pays the bills, I guess. How old are you, Caddy? 29 years old. All oh, right. And how long have you been doing this since you were a kid? Since I can ever remember. That's right. And Justin, what's your story? Well, I'm 50 years old, so I uh, grew up doing it. Uh, come from Cheyenne, Wyoming originally. Big ranch, same. Been involved with roping and rodeo my entire life family done it third generation lifestyle for sure but yeah it's a living i really don't know anything else so when you're older team roping's the way you go team is that dangerous like i see them riding bulls and you'd never get me near a bull i mean that's really dangerous to me but team team roping can be dangerous but it ain't nothing compared to them crazy guys Mm. guys lose fingers and horses fall down and stuff like that but you don't plan on getting falling off whenever you nod your head (laughs) that's for sure here in Australia, they have rodeos around in various little country towns and shows and stuff. And I met a couple of blokes the other day. Uh, they're about 19 or 20, and they go to all the rodeos. And they ride, they saddle bronc ride and stuff like that. And then they get in the car and drive to wherever. And, and you know, 2,000 k's, they'll come up here to this rodeo and then they'll drive home and work on the farm for a few days and then drive somewhere else. Is it like that in exactly. the States? That's exactly what I do pretty much every week. But you get you get paid. They don't get paid because they usually get thrown off. Um. Yeah, I like to catch and get paid. That's my that's the idea. And where do you live? I live in Stephenville, Texas. It's west of Fort Worth. West. Central Texas. Uh, good good spot? Great spot. God's country. Mm. Well, this, that's what they say. About, look, look at this. You're in Mount Isa. It's beautiful. Yeah, you can come take a look where I live. <laughs> <laughs> all right good luck here in australia nice to meet you justin nice to meet y'all thanks for having us cody yes. good on you yes sir thank you good day this is macca yeah, good day macca it's carl how are you good carl what's happening where are you yeah, um we're in um we're just a couple of hours uh, out of vegas on the i-15 heading towards Pomona in california i've got my father jeff over here and uh, in a big Dodge Ram truck with a trailer and boats and all bits and pieces that collected along the way. And, uh, yeah, we're heading across country, and you mentioned desert. It was about 46 degrees the other day when we were passing through St. George in Utah. And, uh, yeah, we're making our way to California, and tomorrow's the, the big Pomona swap meet. It starts at 5 a.m. till about 2 p.m. is uh, 18 miles of cars and car parts. Wow, what an adventure, Carl. So it's what's it called, the Pomona Swap Meet? Yeah, the Pomona Swap Meet in California, and it's something that uh, I've always wanted to go to. And my father's uh, 75, he's never been to the States, and I said to him, if you don't come this time, you'll probably never come. So I forced him on the plane, and here we are. <laughs> so um, you're into cars, uh, Carl, is that the story? Yeah, look, I've, I've got a, I collect cars, old cars, and sort of always tinkering with cars. It's just uh, in my blood, and um, yes, it's something that I've always really wanted to do. And you know, the, the state is a great place to just hit the road and, and, and sort of go cruising around. And everyone's very friendly. And we, we met a guy who sort of helped us put a hitch on the truck and found us the, you know, ramps and trailers and all whatever we needed kind of thing. So there's a 
there's a great organisation, I think, the car people in the state, similarly to Australia, are just, once they know you're, especially if you're a Ford guy and you're driving a Ford, the Ford guys will do whatever they can to help you make sure you get on your way. So it's an awesome community and, you know, I just love the state. A lot more freedom it seems to be then in Australia, everything totally what? regulated back home. Yeah, isn't that interesting, uh, Carl? Uh, where are you from, Carl? I'm from Melbourne, actually, St Kilda. All right. From Meredith. So. Well, well, I'm in I'm in Mount Isa this morning, and um, there's a, there's some blokes here from America, and and I've spoken to them this morning. I'll bring bring you that this morning, and that's what we're talking about: freedom. Um, and the cowboy and the whole how the cowboy is the whole psyche of America in lots of ways. And I said, why? And he said, well, because it's about freedom and respect. And all those really amazing things. I'm like I'm with you. I'm Australian and I love Australia, but I I sort of love America too in lots of ways. And it's the land of Coca-Cola and cars. And what a shame we lost our car industry here, Carl. Oh, I'm, I'm devastated. Like that's not far out of Geelong, and I knew a lot of people from the area that worked in there. And you know, it's the whole freedom thing here, is, and freedom is uh, on par, I think, with respect. And I don't know, I feel like we're losing a lot of respect in Australia. Like, people hitch up the American flag here and that's like a badge of honour to them and they won't drop any litter because that's like offending the flag and what they stand for. And, you know, I took my father to the gun museum in Ogden, which is in uh, northern Utah the other day, and he's a big browning sort of shotgun guy. And um, and the guys that are talking about the guns and the cowboys and the respect and the land and... You know, obviously they had their battles with the Indians and stuff like that. But at the moment over here, the respect around people and just in, in tourists and just face to face, like you go anywhere and the service industry here is just blows me away. Every time I go in, they just cannot do enough for you. And we're losing that in Australia. And I just think we need to bring a movement back where people, you know, just if someone needs to pull over, just let them in. It doesn't yeah. cost you anything. Exactly. People, whatever. Carl, great to talk to you this morning. You have a lovely time with your dad there at the Pomona Swap Meet and keep in touch. I'll see you in St Kilda sometime. Awesome, mate, and we love your show and uh, whenever I'm overseas, we always listen to it on the app and uh, keep up the good work. <laughs> good on you, mate. Thanks, Carl. I'm in Mount Isa. I always love coming to coffee shops. I'm talking to Trina Gall. How are you, Trina? I'm fantastic. Yeah, I saw you making coffees. It's very busy in town. This will be about your busiest... It is the biggest biggest and busiest weekend of the year for us. How long have you been making coffees, Trina? Oh, this time three years. Mm. Um, prior to that, 15 years ago, I'd been making coffees, but very different to what they are now. And this is your little joint, the Extra Mile? It is, yes. And I noticed, because I spoke to a bloke from New York, and he said New York's come of age because they're serving smashed abo on toast. And I yeah. noticed it was on your menu here too in Mount Isa. So I Mount know, Isa right? and New York, it's all happening. It, mate, we're connected. <laughs> it's, the biggest, it's the biggest seller on my menu. It's Who amazing. would think? Avocado on toast. Smashed abo. Smashed, You've got to, of a smash. It's got to be smashed. <laughs> God help me. And sourdough bread. And chai lattes. Forget about the coffee. You go the chai. So how did you get into this business? I'm a chef by trade. So I started cooking at 15, finished my apprenticeship at 19. I travelled all around the world cooking, came back, met my husband, and then we moved to Cloncurry. And then when we came to Mount Isa, we always wanted to do something for the Mount Isa people. So um, it originally was going to be a wine bar, but I don't like working nights anymore. (laughs) So I became a coffee, coffee and food. So yeah. So you're a chef, but you're making mm-hmm. you're making I coffees. Know. You're making I'm, the coffees. I know. I know. I fill in when they, when they're away. 
Now listen, do people come in here and ask for uh, turmeric lattes? And stuff? All the time. You really? I know, right? Even come here. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the health. I'm the health place in Mount Isa. <laughs> Anything new in health, I'll find it. <laughs> and why do you enjoy this? Because it's a tough life, I reckon. Oh, You're open. A... What time? You start at six in the morning or something? Uh, we're here before half past five, mm. and usually around the five o'clock mark we close, but then doesn't stop after that. Yeah. And what do you like about it? Do you think? I love the people. The buzz, the vibe. Today, the girls are like, that was awesome. The vibe when it's busy and the people. and Because there's people from everywhere here. Yeah, yeah. everywhere. We've got, we had the international boys in this morning. so The Americans? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And yep. so you've always travelled around with your, with your chefing? Uh, in my 20s. Yeah, I came home at 28. I spoke to a chef last week who rang. Uh, he was at the um, Queensland Chef of the Year thing. Oh, and he, yeah, he was, yeah. He was entering it. He said, oh, I'm just, they've asked me to come back in because there must be a shortage of chefs or something. They've asked me to come back and be yeah. an entrant. He said, yeah. but um, he said, I gave it away. He said, I'm doing a law degree now. And <laughs> and uh, he said, I do a bit of teaching. He said, and I said, how come? He said, well, one day I got home, he said, after 15 hours on my feet and I collapsed, you know, I just lay down. I said, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. You're on your feet 15 hours yeah. a day. It's just go, 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 yeah. go, go. And he yeah. And he said, it's a young man's, or a young girl's game. You're young, but, you know. Oh, it's, 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 it's taken up on me, that's for sure. It yeah. certainly is. Uh, it's, it's, it does pay the price. And I'm getting older. Not, I'm not old, but I'm getting older. So, you know, 20 years ago when I was, when I was cooking, it made a difference. And, I mean, I've been doing 16-hour days just to get, through, like, get ready for this weekend, and my feet are, like, hurting me. They're, 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 they're telling me to get off it. <laughs> get off your feet. <laughs> well, Trina, good luck. Nice to meet you, you here in the Isa. It's great. See, this is what it's all about. Happy, vibrant. It's got the vibes happening around here at the moment. It's great. Good on you. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you. I'm in the kitchen. Your name is? Sharon. I am a qualified chef and mm. I've been doing it for 30 years. I've been watching you sweating through the, uh, through the window. How long have you been here in the Isa? Uh, we're up to eight years now for our second time around and we love the Isa. And you love cooking? It's a love-hate relationship, I will not lie. You said you left and came back and left and came back. Yes, I certainly did. I didn't want to leave Man Isa the first time. I love it out here and I'm actually from New Zealand. So you wouldn't think we'd come out here but I'm a country girl at Escaping heart, so the cold maybe. <laughs> and your name is? Jono. How are you Jono? Uh, hot and sweaty at the moment. <laughs> How long have you been doing this? 14 years. And why did you get into chefing Jono? Well I used to love cooking. <laughs> And now it's much like Sharon, love-hate relationship. It's a tough gig, isn't it? It is, but people need to eat. Always going to have a job in this profession. How did you get into it? Basically asserted myself into a local restaurant and um, been doing it ever since. Left town, came back, as most man Isons do. It's life. Well, good on you, John. Nice to talk to you, mate. What's your, what's your favourite dish? Do when you... other people cook it, that's my favourite dish. <laughs> when, do you get a chance to cook for yourself or do you know uh, when you go home? I no. cook most nights at home. Misses and two kids got to eat too, and she hates cooking. Yeah, well, she's a qualified chef. I got gypped. All right, good on you. Nice to talk to you, and uh, yeah, good luck for this weekend. It's going to be tough. Thank you very much. Good on you, Jono. Thanks, mate. Nice to talk to you. Good See on you. Later. See you. Come and meet these people. I'm at the radio. Your name's Tom Russell, Rolston. First time here? Yeah, it is. Yep. How old are you? 24. You do this with your mates? And... Yeah, yep. I just work on a family. Cattle station down at Rolston. Follow the rodeo, do you, or what? Try to get to as many as I can when we're not too busy. How come? Tell us why. Oh, it's just something to do. You got to do something in life, don't you? You're a tall bloke. What are you, six four or something? Yeah, I'd say so. Six four, or six five. Is that good? Or you got to be a little little bloke. Oh, I was mean. probably a little bit too tall. Yeah, but oh, it's not too bad. Yeah. So where do you go following the rodeo? I'd 
mainly just the local ones around home, just so it's not so far to travel. But yeah, when the big ones are on, we try to go to them. A lot of young blokes do that, don't they? They travel around and uh, follow the rodeo. They do that in New South Wales, I know, and go down to Victoria. Some of them come up here. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, there's people on the road all the time, chasing titles and everything. Chasing titles, chasing girls, a few broken hearts. Yeah, everything. Good fun? Yeah, definitely. No, it's definitely do it for the fun. Yeah, what do you think of uh, Mount Isa? Oh, it's ripper of a show. Yeah. So how will you go, Tommy? Do you win much? Oh, I'm not sure. Hopefully I'm, I'm sitting second tonight, going into the final of the second divi- division saddle bronze, so hopefully I can turn it on win it yeah, you don't bring your own horse do you, you just could no it's just a horse that the contractors bring is that uh, part of the gamble too getting a good horse or a bad horse or? yeah definitely it's all luck of the draw and can you make any money or do you make any money yeah you can make enough money to keep the hobby going definitely and where to next week probably back home back to work so unless this pays off and how's things at Rolleston yeah it's good it's a bit dry but it's not too bad Tommy good luck mate nice to meet you yep thank you very much what's your name Sam Champ Sam Champ Champ yeah. Where are you from, Sam? Oh, I'm from Caboolture. I've been coming up here since 2011. Wow. So it must be rewarding for you. You win a bit, do you? Um, some years it has been rewarding. Other years it's just been a pocket full Long of money. Trip. Gone. Yeah, gone. Yeah. <laughs> and how did you get into this, Sammy? Just through family and friends when I was younger, yeah. Started up riding potties and everything. And how old are you? I'm now 25. And, uh, how long do you keep doing this? Oh, if everything goes to plan and there's no injuries, I don't know. There's fellas still riding at 35 and 38, but I know normally around 30 pulls yet pulls everyone up. Have you had many injuries? Uh, touch wood, nothing as of yet. Too big or too bad. And what's the attraction of uh, following the radio? Oh, just definitely the lifestyle of being in a different place every weekend and meeting new people and having fun with all your mates, yeah, travelling and stuff. And then it all starts again next week or the week after? Yeah, yep. So when's the radio season? Is it our summer or our winter? Um, well, in Australia, you can pretty much rodeo all year. There's different associations. Well, this is the APRA, the Pro Rodeo. It sort of doesn't really stop. It teeters off a little bit through the year where it gets a bit quiet, but there's other associations where you can you can rodeo every weekend down at home. All right, Sammy, good luck, mate. Nice right. to meet you. You too, thank you. Excuse me, ladies, can I talk to you? What's your name? Doreen West. Doreen? Yes. Where are you from, Doreen? Tasmania. Are you? What are you doing here? Um, I come up here to compete. Mm, in? The breakaway roping. This is the first time up here? Yeah. Yep. Long way to come. It is, yeah. And what's the experience been like? Oh, Awesome. Absolutely amazing. Definitely something I've wanted to do for a long time. How does a young lady get into, um, what's it called? Breakaway roping. Right, yeah. Oh, well, I've been doing rodeo all my life, so started off as a family thing, so, yeah. Whereabouts in Tassie from? The northwest coast, Alveston. Uh-huh. What prompted you to come all this way? It's a long way, look, it's 3,000 miles, yeah, yeah. 4,000 k's or something. Well, I've always wanted to come, but we had a friend who's, she's in the juniors, Denver Mills, that's competing here as well. So uh, me and Abby flew up and surprised it, and I said, well, if I'm going to go all that way, I'm going to compete as well. So we flew to Townsville and then drove nine hours to get here, ten hours to get here. <laughs> I think it was 900 k's. When you finish here, which finishes tomorrow, what's back to Tassie? Uh, no, we're heading back to Townsville and doing the NQ Elite there next weekend. Oh, you're in that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going over there. Oh, yeah, I'll see you there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you do, Abby? Um, I'm not competing this weekend, um, but back home I barrel race. Yeah, I'm just up here supporting and having a look around for my first time. And checking out the Cowboys. Yes, for sure. But there's not much potential. Trying to find a good one. <laughs> we haven't had much luck. <laughs> well, you got to keep trying. Keep chopping, you get chips, the lady said to me once. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll let you know how we go at Townsville. All right, good on you. Good luck. Nice to see you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey, 
Maca. This is Jeff from Alabama. How are you doing? Good, thanks, Jeff. I just wanted to call in. I uh, I was over in Queensland about 10 years ago. I worked for the Army, and I was over there uh, for Taliesin Sabre. And I was also over there just uh, last month. I spent uh, the entire month of July uh, in your beautiful country. And I was uh, up in Richmond visiting a friend. And I got out to uh, got out to Townsville and Huendon and Charters Towers and out to a lot of the properties around Richmond. Uh, the friend I was visiting is actually the curator at Chronosaurus Corner. Uh, <laughs> right. I think your last caller was was talking to you about Chronosauruses. Yeah, that's and right. I went out. I went out and uh, helped her dig up some Chronosaurus fossils and found a bunch of 110 million year old shark teeth. And she had some students over from the states and. I was over there for a month and just had the best time of my life. I, uh, I, uh, I hadn't been back in the 10 years intervening between when I was over there for Talisman Saber and this time. And I, uh, I listen to you on the ABC website as often as I can here in the States. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to call in and, uh, tell you how much, uh, I enjoyed, I enjoy your show and how much, just how tremendously I enjoyed, uh, being in, in Northwest Queensland. I met some of the graziers out there. Went up to Hempstead Springs and saw some just unbelievable sights, and I cannot wait to come back. Um, Jeff, I, I, Jeff, I, uh, sorry, what? What do you? You said you were here when Talisman Saber was on. Were you in the army or the defence? Were you? Uh, yes, I worked for the U.S. Army, and yeah. I was uh, I was aboard I was aboard the uh, HMAS uh, Melville out of HMAS Cairns, doing a little precision underwater mapping with what? an unmanned sub out there. And uh, had had a big time with y'all sailors up in up in Cairns. And what do you do now, Jeff? I still work for the army. I still work for the army here in the states. Worked for them for thirty three years. I do a lot of do a lot of different things for them. Work on some Apache helicopters and Patriot missiles and this and that and the other thing. Uh, I was just over there for holidays the last time I was uh, I was you know last month in July. Uh, I'm hoping to get back down. I think y'all do Talisman Saber every two years. There was one ju- just on recent, just on the other day, wasn't it? Um, there, there was a big, uh, right. uh, the big defence uh, combined defence force thing uh, in around Rockhampton. I think just north of Rockhampton. That is correct. I saw about when I was in Townsville up uh, up on uh, Castle Hill. Uh, they, were, they were having some kind of a charity walk, and a lot of the soldiers, the American soldiers and the Aussie soldiers. We're walking up uh, Castle Hill for for a charity, and uh, got to got to meet some of them. Anyway, just a- everything I got to do over there was just life changing and unbelievable. I love y'all Southern Sky at night. We we don't have anything like the clarity of the atmosphere that y'all do. Got to see some constellations I'd only dreamed of ever seeing, <laughs> and the whole the whole the whole time was just magical. It was. I love y'all's country. I just love y'all's country. Well, it's Can't wait uh, to come back. Good on you, Jeff. Lovely to talk to you this morning. And uh, there's a few of your compatriots here at the uh, Mount Isa Rodeo. They're over here roping and ringing and doing all that sort of stuff. So having a good time. But uh, nice to talk to you, Jeff. Yeah. Thanks for your call. Thank you very much, Mac. We'll talk soon. I'm talking to Kevin Holton. I'm in Mount Isa. Kevin, you're from. I live in North Dakota. What are you doing here in Mount Isa? Uh, we're here because I produce um, television shows for RFD-TV and the Cowboy Channel in the States. And RFD-TV goes out to 55 million households and the Cowboy Channel goes out to 30 million households. And so we're here covering the Mount Isa Rodeo. I take it that rodeo is pretty popular, pretty big in America? Well, 
If you're familiar with National Basketball Association, NBA basketball, rodeo uh, outdraws the NBA by about 5 million people with half as many events. Wow. So there's no bigger icon in the world, I don't think, than the American Cowboy. And so, yes. Thanks to Willie Nelson. Well, Cowboys ain't easy to love, and they're harder to hold. And, and that's very true. <laughs> but yeah, uh, cowboyism is very popular across the world, and uh, and so it's an easy sell for us. Tell me about the television game and how that's changed in this modern era. What's your demographic for start? Well, we uh, our audience is a little bit older. Um, we reach 83% of the ranchers in America and 60-some percent of the farmers in America. That would include David Letterman, because he's a rancher. I, I, un, I understand. He bought a ranch <laughs> yeah, he's, in Montana or somewhere. Yeah, well, he's one of those eastern investors in some land, but... Uh, RFD-TV is called the Network of Rural America. And if you read an article, I think it was in Vanity Magazine, they would have told you that Donald Trump in the last election spent a lot of money advertising on RFD-TV to Rural America Housewives, and Hillary Clinton did not, and we all know the result of that. Mm, Exactly, exactly. I mean, urban America has power. There's a lot of lot of urban America, and we call it ruralicity, and so <laughs> what a good name. it's a competitive market, yeah. you know, and it, it's formidable, and it got the president elected. Kevin, how did you get into television? I lived in L.A. for a while. I grew up on a ranch in North Dakota, as rural as you can get, near the Canadian border. You know, graduated from college with degrees in journalism and art, was hired by Knight Ritter newspaper, which was the largest newspaper chain in America at the time and stationed in Boulder, Colorado. And after three years, I was transferred to Pasadena, California. And while in um, California, I went from newspaper publishing to, uh, well, meanwhile, I rodeoed the entire time, you know, because I grew up ranching and I was always involved in rodeo. And so I had some people approach me about creating a new rodeo league. You know, I contacted CBS and ABC and NBC and USA and, you know, HBO and basically every network and met with them all and uh, that's how I got involved with television in America but I was not pleased with the way that Hollywood necessarily works and also at the same time that's not unusual apparently yeah and I also at the same time got a little burned out on the urban scene and went back to North Dakota and basically I was done with television then I became the executive director of the North Dakota Cowboy Hall of Fame And I decided that I wanted to get those stories from that state and those cowboys to the nation. And suddenly I'm back in television again and producing shows for NBC North Dakota and then approached RFD-TV with their nationwide audience and said, here's what we've been doing for the last year and a half. What do you think? And they said, we want to air you in primetime on Wednesday nights beginning in March. Can you do that? And I said, sure. And that's what we've been doing ever since. And do you like working in television? Pretty cutthroat, obviously, isn't it? <clears throat> um, it's cutthroat, but you know you have to focus on the project that you're doing, you know, and and the reason that you're doing it. I mean, we we created our television programs to preserve Western history, and over time, it has evolved into also preserving traditional American values. Is so that what it's, it's about? Is it's sort of like that, isn't it? I mean, America is about the cowboy, isn't it? In lots of ways. If you, yeah. When we were kids, just interrupting, when we were kids, all we saw here when television started was a panoply of American cowboy shows, you know, from Wagon Train and Rawhide, and we just saw, we saw them, Batmasters and everything. We just saw, that's all we got. But, yes. and I, so I suspect that that um, was part of the American psyche. It is part of the American psyche, but what is, you know, what does the popularity of the cowboy come down to? It comes down to freedom, you know, freedom of choice, 
freedom to do what you want to do, courage, but at the same time combined with a good-natured helping of others and treating women properly and, and notable options and features like that. So I was going to ask why are Americans seem to be so polite and is it southern americans or is it all americans every time i've met americans they're so thank you ma'am they're they're just very polite that's they've been brought up properly well if you wear a cowboy hat for example well i can tell you a story okay i'm in uh, colorado and we're taping a show there and i'm staying at a hotel and i'm approaching the front door of the hotel as i always do i look behind me to see if anybody else is approaching that i can hold the door for and there were a couple walking that were in a parking lot, but they were quite a distance away. But nevertheless, since I'm wearing my cowboy hat, I stay there at the door, and I hold the door open for them. Because you have a responsibility when you wear a cowboy hat. You know, you if you're walking with a woman down a sidewalk, you're on the outside of the sidewalk. You always say, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, or yes, miss. Even Elvis Presley used to say that. <laughs> I, remember, I remember he did. He he's always seemed to be very polite. Right. And it's just, it's, it's traditional American values that have been bred into us. You know, nobody's more important than anybody else. You know, we work hard and we respect other people. And that's, if you're wearing a hat, that's your responsibility. And if you divert from that, you got a problem. Now, just tell me quickly, what are you expecting in Mount Isa? And is it exciting to come here or is it just another gig or... We were here last year, so this is not the first time. We kind of know what, what to expect. Uh, there are certain things that we taped last year, and we want to tape things slightly differently this year. Last year we were focusing more on the history and you know, of, of the, both the mines here and um, of the rodeo. And this year we're focusing more on the action, and a lot more um, action, slow motion, B-roll, and, and things like that, and the individuals involved. You know the his, what what the background is of the rodeo cowboys involved here, and we're doing it from both the American side, or the, you know we call it the international team, and from the Australian side. So we have five or six key cowboys and cowgirls picked out on the Australian side, and the same on our side. Of course, we brought them over, and so it's you know what what's the experience? We're always trying to, you know, people want to people want to they want to be that cowboy for a second when they watch our show not on a bull they don't well they want they want to know what's going on in that that cowboy's mind while that bull ride is taking place and that's what we try to do we try to you know to bring that out we try to describe that to them so they can experience it as closely as possible kevin it's great to talk to you good luck here nice to meet you thank you very much i'm in uh, the studios of the abc in mount isa and uh there's a couple of blokes just wandered in. Anthony Costello. Uh, good uh, good morning, Anthony. How are you, Macca? Yeah, good, mate. And uh, Billy Kelso. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, mate. How are you? Excellent. Anthony, where are you from? Uh, Mackay, Singleton originally. Singleton, but you're in Mackay now. Yeah. What, what, are you, what are you doing in the Isa? Uh, Did you come um, up for the radio? And the CU. On the CU. No, what, what about uh, Whispering Jack's on tonight? Um, Farnham, Mr Farnham's on. And... Um, and Lee Kernigan was on last night. Yeah, That's, great night. Yeah. Well, did you go last night? Yeah, last night. Big all, crowd? Yeah, Good. big crowd. Yeah. What time did you get to bed, Anthony? Oh, about three o'clock this morning. What do you do, Anthony? I'm a coal miner, mm-hmm. a manager for Coal Rock. Coal Rock? Yep. Yeah, that's in Mackay? Yeah, that's in Mackay. Yeah. Um, I see uh, all the coal trains in Queensland and I see them in New South Wales. It's a magic thing, isn't it, to see so many. How long are the trains here? Because down there, I spoke to a, train dri- a coal driver the other day. When I was in, where was I? Uh, Corindai. 
80, he said 88 or something like that. Yeah. And he told me this funny story that when they go through the Blue Mountains in New South Wales, I'm, this, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something like this. They've got to have 87, I think, or 86 carriages on because there's bends and stuff, and if they have any more, whooshka. So if they have 87 or 88 on their on their carriages, they can't go around the bend because it's a big, long bend, and they're long trains. So he said... Um, they're um, yeah. They've got to have a certain number when they go through the Blue Mountains. But um, yeah, about eighty-eight carriages they have from yeah, ten thousand tonne of coal they carry. Really, ten thousand tons. Is that is that what they are up here in Queensland? That's what they're here. Mm, about eighty-eight carriages. Yeah, about that. Mm, there you go. It takes them about a kilometre to pull up. How'd you get in the coal game, Anthony? Uh just paid, I suppose. Just <laughs> I was in the right town they were employing, and well, Singleton's a coal town too, isn't that's it? That's where I started. Yeah, in eighty-two. Yeah, Billy, how are you? Good morning. Very well, Mac. Yourself? Yeah, good. You're a long-time resident here of the Isa? Local yokel. Billy was here first. We'll have to give you a present, Bill. We've got a... Might have an album there. Have you got a record player at home? I've got everything made. Have you? Good. Yep. I'll, we'll give you a record. I've got a, I've got a vinyl record, so I'll give you that. Thank you very he was much. He, he, was here at, he was here at five o'clock. <laughs> he said there's Mac inside, and there you go. Um, so, Billy, how long have you lived here? Forty years. Forty years. Yep. And why'd you come here? Where'd you come from? Brisbane. Uh huh. And uh, why? Health of my son. Mm. Yep. To you. Had to get to a warmer climate. Yep. We threw away all the medicine when we came to Mount Isa. I call it God's country. If I hadn't come here, I wouldn't have had the boy. There you go. Yep. Now, when did you arrive here exactly? Two minutes past one, eighth of January, nineteen seventy-nine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's a man who keeps his... Uh, and you keep a diary, do you, Bill? This is my 35th year, keeping a diary. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I knew a lady once who, who had a diary from most of her life. And so you could uh, you could look at a diary from, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, on a, and, she'd, and you'd know what the weather was. She'd ring, say, um, sunny day and so on and so on. She'd have a little bit of trivia, went shopping and met Beryl and all that mm. sort of stuff. But... You could go and look at the weather because she'd say, you know, fine day or very cold today or had snow or whatever it was. Just interesting to keep a diary. And you like keeping it? Is yours, is yours just uh, got up today, yes, got up early and went to bed late? Is, or is it, you know, do you write, do you write um, a page or what do you do? Just uh, Day-to-day events. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you're, you're top of the list today. <laughs> well, there you go. I've been up at four o'clock, mate, waiting to meet you. Really? Yep. There you go. So, what's life in the eyes of like, Bill? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's up to each individual how you approach it. Mm. And I find that uh, involve yourself in the community and you go a long way. Yeah, I. Um, it's quite cool here this morning. Um, and I've been in the eyes when it's hot, it gets hot. Like, I, I, I look at the weather because that's the program I do. And. Sometimes in the summer here in the eyes, it's 40 degrees week after week after week, isn't it? Yep, exactly. Yeah. And then it's cool because you're in the desert really in some ways. It's a desert, sort of desert country and you'll get a get a sometimes. You ever get a frost here in the eyes? We uh, got a, uh, going back years now, at the airport, Andrew might remember it, had a photo in the Northwest Star mm. of ice on the grass. Really? Yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right, that's um, uh, Billy Kelso. Uh, Anthony, you just came up for the um, for the rodeo and the have a look round, or yeah, sixtieth anniversary. Eight mates from Singleton travelled up, and we thought we'd come out here and 
see what the eyes has got on offer, and it's, it's overwhelmed us. Is this the first time you've been here? First time ever, yeah. And there's a museum here too, isn't there, Andrew? What's it? You can go because I, I came up here about four years ago on the Variety Club bash, or I left the Variety Club bash and came into the eyes to do the program. And a couple of mates of mine drove with us, and um, they went to the museum and down in the mine and stuff, yeah, and time. had a look around. Have you been you seen that? You better go. No, on. not yet. You better just, go. Just been out the road day. So, uh, and you drove up. Drove up, yeah. And you're going to drive back. And drive back to Singleton. Yeah. So, how's the coal business? It's booming at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dollar's down, so the Americans and everyone wants to buy it. And really? The Americans buy it, do they? Yeah, the American dollar it's based on, so everyone's cashing in at 66 cents a dollar. <laughs> uh-huh. There you go. There you go. Billy, what did you do for a gig? Anything and everything. Really? Yep. Like, well, well, give us a, give us a, for instance. Well, when I come to Mount Isla, I started the council. Then I got into the mines. Mm-hmm. I started there through the third eighty, finished twentieth, eleventh, ninety seven. Mm-hmm. I built the asset plant. I left there, and I uh, became a police liaison officer. There you go. My guests this morning have been Anthony Anthony Costello from uh, Singleton, but now he's from Mackay. What's it like living in Mackay, Anthony? Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> different to Singleton. It's uh, you're in the um, beside the ocean and twenty minutes over the mountain, and yeah. you. You got nothing, sort of. So Pineapples and bananas? Yeah. And all that sort of Sugar stuff. Sugar cane. Sugar cane, yeah. yeah. The crush is on at the moment. Yeah. And Billy, Billy Kelso, nice to meet you this morning, mate. Thanks for coming in. Likewise. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.